Technically, it's three camps. We have three different encampments. Camp Brookwoods. Brookwoods. Camp Deer Run. Camp Deer Run. River Outpost. Three camps. Moreau and Brookwoods. Deer Run. River Outpost. The Three Camps Podcast. With your hosts, John Cooper and Seth Coates. Three camps. Hello and welcome to another episode of the Three Camps Podcast. Seth, how are you today? I'm doing good. Um, we have to go back. We missed a couple things in our first episode, in our pilot episode of the show. Uh, we forgot to do a couple things. One, it was made to our brought to our attention that we didn't introduce ourselves straight off the bat. So, so I'm Seth Coates. Uh, I am the director of Moose River Outpost. Uh, I've been here 11 years. Um, I spend eight months of the year uh, here in New Hampshire um, working with uh, Brookwood's Deer Run staff and getting ready for next summer. Uh, and then I spend four months of the year up in Maine. So basically right after Mother's Day until about October 1st. And that um, lets us open the property, run the summer camp, and then we actually run a small retreat season on the tail end of summer camp. It takes us through the month of September and then close it all up, put it all away and, and get ready for next year again. That's kind of my rhythm. I have a wife, four kids. Um, how about you? Tell us about you. Um, yeah, so my name's John Cooper. I'm the food service director here at Camp Brookwoods and Camp Deer Run. And in the months that we're not having camp, we put on uh, conference and retreat events. So that keeps me busy 12 months out of the year. I also have a wife and kids. Actually, you hear some of my kids and Seth's kids on the intro to this podcast. Uh, I've been here for about two years and very happy to be in this space, uh, working with these great people and happy to do this podcast. Uh, we're excited to see where this goes and to uh, hopefully bring some engagement to the people that love this place. Seth, another thing that we were remiss in not bringing up in our first episode is our logo. Now, do I look like a five-star general that's bent on taking over the world? Possibly. Uh, but it's so fun. We love it. It's it's hilarious. Our friend Alexa made this logo. We gave her no direction, and she did it out of the kindness of her heart. Uh, Alexa is connected through camp. She was a leader at uh, in the SALT program, and she also happens to be married to our Brookwoods director, Ben Tabone. Another person we need to give a shout out to is Adam Jalvik. Some of you know him if you've come through Moose River Outpost. He's my assistant director in the summertime and then does some logistics stuff here at camp in the wintertime. Um, and he is managing kind of some of our back end stuff for the podcast. So he's the one who makes sure this gets up on the interwebs and out to all the channels wherever you are getting this podcast from. Adam made it happen. Yeah, big thank you to Adam. Big thank you to Alexa. I don't know if you can follow Adam uh, for anything that he does professionally, but you can find Alexa on Instagram. Look her up. She is a photographer and an artist. And a big thank you to both of them. Episode two, baby. Let's get into it. John, I got a question for you. 
What is something that everyone at our camps, Moose River Outpost, Brookwoods, Deer Run, has done? Eat food. Okay, good. Um, but maybe something else that everybody does. Have a snack. Okay, let's try this a different way. How about something that everyone at our camps has done, but you haven't? Oh, yes. Okay, I know what you're saying. Yeah, I've never <laughs> been on a trip. I've yeah. never been off premise. I'm in the kitchen all day long. We don't let you out. Um, but everybody else that comes through our programs, everyone has gone on a trip. Now, hang on. Is that really true? Every single cabin, every single. Every cabin, every session, unless there's some extenuating circumstance yeah. to where a kid couldn't go for some reason. But, but it's built in that everyone's going to go on a trip. Everyone goes on a trip. Oh, all right. Cool. So we're going to tell some stories about some trips this week. We're going to bring in um, a couple of camp legends. And um, we actually got so much material from this topic that we may do this again. We have enough stories that we've compiled now um, that we may even turn this into a, like a mini series. Uh, we'll see. But this week, you're going to hear from uh, camp legend George Bowling. You're going to hear from a trip leader up in Maine, uh, Evan. And um, and then a trip leader from here, Brooklyn Steer Run, um, at the end of the episode. Now, uh, just one disclaimer for you: um, the one you're going to hear from the story in Maine is um, not in a normal trip. It's not the average trip, I should say. Um, it's one of these anything that can go wrong kind of does go wrong on this trip, um, and we left it in because it's kind of the growing edge of our trip staff, Evan. And he's he's young, he's new to camp, it's early in the summer, and he has to deal with a lot of adversity on this trip. And you'll hear this as a theme kind of throughout the episode, but adversity tends to be a place of growing and learning. All right, so fire away on memorable trips. All right, so Seth, I haven't told you this before, but... um. Somebody, and it may have been George, said to me, do yourself a favor and show up for Shibugamu send-off or show up for the Allagash send-off. And, you know, we, we ended up my first year making breakfast sandwiches a part of the tripping experience. So that was something we were going to do anyway. But I, I had been able to kind of get a couple people to do that stuff. And I think George was like, you, you ought to come. So I come out and see this thing. And it, I think Shibugamu was... Probably too many. I'm probably blowing this up, but it probably felt like 75 people. At, probably aren't too far off at 5:30 a.m. Jesus. Yeah. yeah, and everyone's in red shirts, hugging. You know, it was awesome. It was cool to be a part of. It was cool to watch. Um, we all circle up and pray. And George said, either me or Coach Crowers usually, you know, has the honor of praying us out of here. And I hope this is okay to tell tales out of school, George. If you don't know the, that voice, that's George Bowling, uh, who's here with us. My name is George Bowling. I've uh-huh. been at camp since 91 or 92. Yeah. So okay. Always in tripping? Uh, yes. Cool. Yeah. yeah. Well, it's not like you need an introduction. I mean, obviously, we're in the presence of a legend here, <laughs> Seth. But, uh, um, but George will usually do things like pray for headwinds, <laughs> pray for rain, <laughs> pray for calamity uh, as a way to uh, build character and, and create an experience. So anyway, when we think about memorable trips, 
There's a good chance that like George has prayed some of those memorable trips into focus. You know, he's got people that are going, that was horrible. And George prayed for it. <laughs> yeah. Well, I think the, the prayer thing is, is, you know, the things that we remember in life that cause at least cause me to grow are um, adversity, you know, um, yeah. you know, who doesn't enjoy walking downhill all day or with, um, tailwinds or, or sunny skies. Um, those trips are great, and I usually enjoy them immensely at the moment, And but it's it's the adversity. It's the, the rain, the struggles. Um, those are the things that, at least for me, um, and I probably project this onto the kids, but um, those are the things that have helped build and mold me. Mold me. So, um, you know, I don't want 10 days of rain, but yeah. <laughs> a few days of rain would, you know, not do us any harm and, you know, justifies bringing the rain gear, if nothing else. Well, to your point, though, George, you know, these these trips that are character building and the adversity, those are memories. I yeah. mean, you know, that's where people want to tell that story because uh-huh. it was grisly. Yeah. You know, that's the one that they want to brag about. Yeah, they do. You know, and that's, you know, those are the ones when they get back to the the cabin, it goes from two days of rain to, to 10 days of rain. Right. And <laughs> the height of the mountain doubles. Uh, right. The weight of the pack doubles. So, you know, we all live to embellish a little bit. But, yeah, those are the trips, I think, that that, that build build character stretches. We, uh, you guys probably get the same thing down here. But we get this kind of a, a consistent feedback sometimes from parents that, like, my kids don't like the trip, right? This is something we hear. Yeah, yeah. Um, but then to be at camp uh, and hear kids talk about their trip experience, and often, you know, at the last campfire uh, of the session when they kind of share, they have an opportunity anyways to share something that they've learned or some way that they've grown during their two weeks at camp, they'll often talk about their trip experience, mm. uh, which I always find is interesting Uh it's a tension at least that you're talking about between it is where we grow the most and it is where a memory is formed, but it doesn't mean we have to love it right away or type two fun. Yeah. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I know we have people that are, you know, in our leadership and even on the board who are very proud of our trips Mm -hmm. as part of what we provide because of what it does. And to take those away in some ways would be a real, I think a misstep. Well, a lot of camps don't do an extensive trip program. You know, I think I, I know we're one of the largest mm. users in the White Mountain National Forest. Mm. Um, yeah, I just think it's a it's a great opportunity to grow. Yeah. yeah. And the same here, you know, you hear a lot of kids who lament having to hike um, and they fuss and moan about it. And some of the counselors, you know, <laughs> um, but when they come to camp, staff training all the new staff, there's the traditional hike up Mount Major, and it's within the first three or four days. And partway up, you hear um, many of the new counselors who have never done much hiking just saying, wow, you know, like this is for the older cabin, right? And you're like, no, it's the whitetail and the moosers that do that. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. A bit of an eye-opener for them. But, yeah. um, you know, I remember Griff hiked. Okay, frame of reference here. George is talking about a guy named Griffin Brown, who has been on summer staff these last two summers, and he did a year-round stint with our conference and retreat staff. 
He's a great guy. And around here, he's famous for saying, wait, what? After just about anything anyone would say to him, um, it became such a catchphrase that we made sure to record it before he left. And just be aware, you may hear that from time to time on the podcast moving forward. You know, I remember Griff hiked um, Major, and he shows up in vans, and, and that's what he had, or slides <laughs> maybe, I don't know. But, you know, it, it was by far the tallest thing he'd hiked, but he really took to it. And, you know, while he was here, he went on and hiked numerous other mountains on his own. So. Wait, what? Wait. <laughs> <laughs> I'll throw that out there for Griffin. Nice, nice. Griff, grab your uh, hiking boots. Wait, what? (laughs) Our next guest is a guy by the name of Evan Anderson. Hey, my name is Evan Anderson. I was a trip leader at Moose River Outpost for two years and head counselor for a third. I always liked, when I was a kid, I liked the top bunk. I liked climbing. Uh, you know what? I liked climbing onto things. So I liked climbing up onto the top bunk. As Seth alluded to at the beginning of the episode, we asked Evan to come on and tell us about his most memorable trip. And it was a doozy. Yeah. Well, uh, let's start with the disaster because those are always fun. <laughs> <laughs> uh, there was one trip that I like to refer to as the Andrew Apocalypse. So, uh, one of the cabins up at Moose River Outpost is called Anderskagen. Um, all the boys' cabins are named after rivers in Maine. <laughs> and Anderskagen was the second youngest boys' cabin, and they were always that age range. They were about like 13 years old, 12. Um, so it's like right when they're discovering that kind of rebellious, you know, nature. Uh, and <laughs> so they, they, they were always a, a handful. And one of them, we don't even get out of the driveway. Every it's just this day, like everything that could go wrong went wrong. Um, we don't even get out of the driveway. A kid starts throwing up in the back of the van. Uh, and I thought he was just car sick. It was like, all right, well, you know, pull over and we let him out and he does his thing. And, uh, that's right. We know. should remind people your driveway, you could get car sick cause it's 10 minutes. Yes. Yeah. yeah it's opposed, a three mile yeah. long. <laughs> it's a three song yeah. driveway. Right, you right, get right. three songs yeah. on the radio before you get to the pavement. People from yeah. Brookwoods are like, you went up a hill and you were throwing up what's going on. Yeah. <laughs> right. Okay, yeah. 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 Right. We call it the driveway. It's really like, it's a road, yeah. you know, it barely classified as a road, but, um, yeah. So like, we're about halfway down this thing. Kid starts throwing up and uh, I asked him, you know, you feel like car sick and he kind of gets this look on his face and he goes, wait, did the baked oatmeal this morning have eggs in it? And I was like, yeah. And he goes, I'm allergic to eggs. So now like I have an allergic reaction <laughs> in the van. So we run back up to camp. Um, everybody is in, you know, Moose Hall, the, you know, the main worship center, doing worship, so nobody's around, the nurse isn't there. So I, I tried to, as calmly as I could, say on the radio, you know, hey, can I get the nurse to come up to the nurse station? Jason, the trip's, uh, tripping director, and the nurse are, like, sprinting up to the nurse's station. <laughs> um, so it ended up being pretty mild, but, uh, you know, that set us back probably about an hour. So the kids are already like kind of antsy, you know, and, and I'm 
you know, trying to get back into the headspace of, okay, well, you know, we just, we had that hiccup, but we're going to go. It's going to be great. Um, we go out to this place called Mountain Number Five and very creative naming for sure. Yeah, <laughs> main, main. They're yeah they're just creativity. <laughs> There's too many mountains. They're just like, ah, it's, that one's number five. So I'm driving out to it and I forgot that the year before we had realized that the, uh, the directions to it told you to turn one um, turn too early. And so if this is on like a backwoods logging road, right? Like you're miles from the highway by this point. And so I turn onto this thing, go up and it ends up just being a dead end full of like, you know, three foot deep, like dead wood. And so I try to turn the van around and it just gets like sunk almost to the axles in this stuff. Oh my and, goodness. Uh, so they're good and properly so was, stuck. Yeah, I mean, Evan felt like that went on for about two hours. And they were trying just about everything you could think of while trying to keep engagement with the group. Also, there's no cell service. Oh, yeah. None. You you lose cell reception like an hour before you get to this spot. So. They're trying everything they can. They're digging trenches, trying to use logs. Finally, they get a breakthrough. We build like this railway, essentially, uh, onto the hard packed dirt with, you know, anything we can find. And uh, I just I stopped for a moment. You know, like put down whatever we're all working with. And like I had the counselors pray out loud with me. You know, we said, Lord, like <laughs> we've been we've been struggling with this for a while. Like, please just let it work this time. And uh, so I get in the van and finally we're able to that time it works. We're able to get it onto the hard packed dirt and get going. Um, but by now, like 13 year old boys. Right. You can imagine that they are just beside themselves with energy and boredom like the moment we get the van up on the thing the first thing that all of them start saying is okay so can we go back to camp now so yeah we we get to the trailhead this wasn't going to be an overnight this was just a day trip this is a oh no it's an overnight oh it is okay Okay. we do it as an overnight you you hike the mountain and then you drive just a short distance back the sturt road and there's a campsite yeah. right there. And cool. That would be where we would typically stay. So yes. so this is day one, and they're going, let's go back to camp. And you're like, oh, brother, we've got a night and another day behind yeah. us. Yes, got it. Yeah. Yeah. It was probably a seven to eight hour hike oh my gosh. with oh. these kids. Like, we would go 100 yards, and like half of them would just sit down. So this is tough. <laughs> you know, Evan has to keep kids motivated. Um, they're in the elements. These are the trials of any trip staff member. And it was early in the summer, too, so the bugs are really bad. Bugs are bad. You know, they're keeping things moving. Finally, they get through this hike, which took about seven and a half hours, and get down to the campsite. Mission complete. Now they're going to start on dinner, at which point they found out they were missing a couple ingredients. Everybody improvises. Things move forward. And so I'm I'm working on dinner when we get there, and, uh, you know, while I'm doing that, the counselors are trying to get the kids to set up the tents and everything. And then, yeah, dinner is also a disaster. I it, it was it was one of those trips where I'm like every moment just going like, all right, you know, I only have to deal with this for 12 more hours, you know, just 10 more hours, <laughs> and then we can get back in the van and go. Um, and then. It's thankfully the weather's been great at this point. You know, it's it's been kind of warm, but it's been fine. Put everybody to bed, and uh, 
me and one of the counselors are cleaning everything up afterwards and um, kind of debriefing a little bit. And uh, I tell him like, dude, you look tired. Like, just just go to bed and, uh, you know, I'll take care of the rest of this. He's like, oh, thanks, man. As soon as he walks away, I just kind of see a flash as I'm looking down. And I thought, well, that can't be good. And I look up and in the distance, I see just the very tip of a cloud coming up over the trees. And I was like, well, I'm not hearing any thunder. It's, it's heat lightning. I'll just say it's heat lightning. It's no big deal. And then there's another flash. And like, I thought it was for about 10 minutes. And then all of a sudden I hear this. of the thunder coming in and just thought, oh, you have got to be kidding me. <laughs> of course, this is what happens. It's and we get, hit, we get hit with the most intense lightning storm. Uh, second most intense lightning storm I ever saw up in Maine. This thing goes on for hours. And as it gets like directly above us, I'm looking around and finally I was just like, all right, <laughs> everybody get in the van. You know, just <laughs> let's all get in the van and just sleep there, you know. And I think a couple of the kids felt safer doing that. And uh, the storm just like, it was one of those just shaking the van back and forth the whole night. Like probably about 5 a.m. the thing finally lets up and we all go back to our tents and um, just woke up miserable the next morning. <laughs> Kate and I were co's at the time when we we can always tell how the other person's trip went because we both have this tendency to touch our face when we're stressed. We could both tell how the other person's trip was by how much like charcoal was on their face. <laughs> My face after that trip was just black. Well, like, yeah, that that was. I remember being I, at camp yeah. when you guys piled out of the van, and I remember thinking, <laughs> like, just looking at the general morale <laughs> and demeanor of everybody, kids and counselors and you included, and I thought, well, that can't have gone very well. Almost any trip has a rough spot, right? You know, mm -hmm. or or starts out rough, but then redeems itself later. You know, like, there's usually some shining moment, even if it's a small one, that shows up somewhere along the way. Some little nugget you can go, yeah, that whole trip was a total like wash. Mm. But then there was this. You know what? Actually, no, there was one moment like that. So the kid who had had the allergic reaction that morning, um, he with Jason was paramedic and he had kind of decided since Kid had an EpiPen, you know, and he was having this reaction. We can't in good conscience, like, let him go out. So he stayed at camp and he, they kind of monitored him the whole day. And at the end of the day, they decided, like, he's in good enough health. He can go. Let's go on the trip. So Jason met us at the base of the trailhead with this kid. And um, that night, he, uh, he, like came up to me and was like hey i'm so happy that i got to come you know and like be on the trip with my cabin like that was that was so fun and it gets drowned out by a lot of stuff that happened 
but now that I think about it, yes, that that moment was kind of that little. Well, and the thing about those trips too, like that, a trip that was that much of a disaster was not the norm, you know. And it, in a way, it was actually kind of good when you would have a trip like that because, at least for me, it would、um, make me like. Really appreciate the good ones,、yeah. you know. It made me think about like, oh yeah, this is really awesome, you know, when it goes well. Like what I get to do here, you know. So that that was something good that came from that as well. When I hire trip staff, ever you can you can tell me if I'm remembering this correctly, but <laughs> I often will talk with the staff about why we do a trip, or and I talk about this the idea of a shared experience, right?、Mm-hmm. And I、yep. I usually say it something like. You're either gonna go out, and the trip's gonna—it's gonna rain, it's gonna be miserable, and you're—you're you're gonna all have this shared experience of kind of a rough trip, or you know, it'll be sunshine and rainbows and unicorns, and everybody will have this shared experience of this great trip. But either way, it has all the potential to be a bonding experience、right. uh, yeah. for that cabin, all at the same time. Coming up, George Bowling. George comes on to tell a quick story, in only the way he can. But if I had to give this story a title, I would call it "What a Long Strange Trip It's Been." You'll understand as you have to hear what George had to use for clothing,、uh, what special piece of luggage they had to bring with them over water and land, and also we、uh, we were able to sneak in a quick question of whether George prefers the top bunk or the bottom bunk. We're asking every single guest. Top bunk or bottom bunk, and why? I'd say bottom bunk. Yeah, I don't trust my agility in the middle of the night. <laughs> so I never want to know what the weather report is. Okay. I don't want to know before I go out whether it's going to be sunny. Rainy. I I just don't want to know. I can't do anything about it. What do you do? You say don't tell me. Just don't tell me. You know, I've been there at, at the check-in for the ranger station, paying a fee or something, and you know they often have the weather report posted. I said don't read it to me. I don't <laughs> want to know.、Um, there was one trip I remember. It rained every day. This was、Ooh. on Allagash. Yeah.、Um, it it just chucked down rain every day. We get to the put-in to. To, to unload, and, and we're leaving in three distinct groups. So you know you've got pile one, two, and three for for the groups. I tell the kids get all your stuff out of out of the vans, put it in your group pile, and then we start sorting kitchen boxes, toolboxes, tents, all that sort of stuff.、Um, and then I said, so I I go by, and they've they've pulled out. Well, there's there's two parts of the story, so some I pull my stuff out, set it set it aside. Somehow they think that is the、mm. driver's stuff. They grab a clothes bag off of my pack, put it in the front seat of the van. It drives off. So、oh. the van has got, and I'm over checking in with the ranger. So I had to open my pack. I think that's what it is. I opened my pack, got my stuff out. Got the permit and the check to write to the ranger. Somehow my stuff got chucked back in the van. I come back, it's gone. But the spare tire for the Dodge van is left. 
So I don't know what somebody thought we were going to do with that. So, you know, that's got to weigh 60, 70 oh, yeah. pounds. You don't want to porridge that thing no, anyway. No, and this is not a donut. This is like a full grown-up spare. So for eight days, I had the same T-shirt, running shoes. I think I had a long-sleeve base layer. And for a raincoat, I think I used a, a canoe tarp. So every night I couldn't, and it rained every day. So but after a while, you just you embrace the rain, you wear a canoe tarp. You just can't wait to get into the tent at night because everything is soggy. All right, so where's the tire in all this? So we, so we schlepped this tire with us oh, the whole time. Oh, my goodness. And there's three portages. Now, none of them are extremely long. I think the longest one is a third of a mile. Um, but we're rolling this thing, and the looks we get are just amazing. So, you know, people are like, what do you do? And what do you do with it? So yeah. I, we came up with creative things, although I don't think anything other than just a, a bad seat was what we figured out. But, yeah, it rained every day. I remember one time we had set our tent up. I helped my co-instructor set her tent up. I set ours. The sun pops out. The kids are under a kitchen tarp because it had been raining, yeah. playing cards. The sun pops out. I'm laying on my thermorest, just kind of soaking up the sun. And I think my co-instructor, she said, you know, guys, it stopped raining. Come on out. And they said, what's the point? It's just going to rain again. Oh, my goodness. And it did. Yeah. <laughs> um, but, yeah, I, I, you know, for those eight days. Now, fortunately, it didn't get cold. If that was Shibugamu, that would have been a... A little different story, but sure. I lived pretty much in a kitchen tarp and or canoe tarp, and every night I just couldn't wait to get out of all that soggy stuff. You you literally traded your your belongings for a tire. I unintentionally. No, not you personally, else. but that's yeah. what happened. Yeah. yeah. Oh my goodness. Yeah. What year? Do you remember this year? No, it, it, it's been a while. All right, I LDP1's out there. If you're hearing this, <laughs> seriously, get on the voicemail and tell us about this. I want to know people who I had to push this tire around. last guest for this episode is a woman named Emily Bowder Balcom. Hi, my name is Emily Bowder Balcom. Um, I am currently the director of a camp out in California, an outdoor ed camp. So we run during the school year. And I was a staff member at camp in 2009 and 2010 on trip staff. And then I was a camper at camp in 2003 and 2004. I got kind of a late start. So I was in Highland and then Impala. Uh, Emily, we're asking everyone who comes on our podcast, and we're thankful that you're here with us. If you had to choose, would you choose the top bunk or the bottom bunk and why? Okay. Um, I think that I would choose the bottom bunk and that's just because I'm a creature of habit and I grew up sharing a room with my little sister who also worked at camp, but, um, and I always gave her the top bunk. So I had the bottom bunk. Plus it's just nice to have a place to sit down and put your shoes on. Mm -hmm. Um, so laziness and creature of habit, I'm choosing bottom bunk. Emily came on with us to share in the telling of a powerful story that we're not going to get into on this episode. Uh, stay tuned because it's an incredible story. However, today in finishing, we just had another short story from Emily about a really nice experience she had on the trail 
with uh, a cabin and her younger sister, who was the counselor of that cabin. Yeah, I do have a story that, um, um, and this was actually a hike that I led uh, my little sister's cabin on. So she was a counselor um, when I was a trip staff in 2010, and um, George got us so that we could I could lead her hike, which was awesome. Um, just really fun to be able to like have that moment. Um, leading with like a group of kids that she spent so much time with um and it was a really cloudy day and we're heading up and um the kids were up front um and we're almost to the top and um my sister's name is maria maria and i were chatting and we were like like how are we gonna make this special because it's so cloudy cloudy the sky is gray and white and cloudy and it's going to be cold at the top. We need to make sure we play a game or something, keep them moving so they don't get cold. Um, we didn't really want to eat lunch up there because when it's not sunny, they're just going to sit there and shiver. Like, we'll hike down a little bit and eat lunch. Um, and we're right around the corner from the tree line. We know that there's going to be, like, an opening pretty soon. And we start hearing the girls making all these noise. And we're like, oh, like, maybe there's a view. Maybe there's a break in the clouds. So we kind of, like... We're with the last girls. We're like, come on, they must be up there. Like, let's get going. Come on. So we get to the top and I, and we kind of step out into this big, huge clearing where normally there's this epic view and there was nothing. You could not, you literally could not see to the other side of the hill. Like the girls who were on the other side of the clearing, you could like just see them through the fog and they were like exclaiming and like blown away they were like we're in a cloud we're in a and they're jumping around frolicking on top of this <laughs> mountain and we had this moment where we were like oh like it's not about the view they still had this like childlike obviously they're children but like childlike wonder mm. just from being in the cloud to them that was just as special mm. as having that view where maybe they sit there and awe and look for miles and miles, but to them, the fact that they can run 20 feet to the other side and not see their friend and be in a cloud, the clouds that they normally see so far above them, it just like had us, it took us a second to be like, wow, okay, like this is just as special as that view. And we wouldn't have had that moment without those kids. We would have been bummed and been like, a waste of a hike even but having them there they were so thrilled we were just like oh, this is great so we like played games we had lunch up there they frolicked in the fog in the cloud and it was a fantastic trip that ended up being so positive even though it wouldn't have looked like it was going to be at the start of the day hmm. that's very cool it's one of those like we project our own self on their experience, but then they showed us something different. Yeah, maybe if we had been at the front of the line or even one of us, we would have been like, oh, it's cloudy, like trying to be positive, but they know we're faking it and they would have kind of caught on to that. But the fact that they got there first, it caught on so fast to us. We were like, this is really cool. Like, look at this. Like, you can feel it on your face. Like, it's mm. so like the moisture you're in the actual cloud and you like talk about that like what a teachable moment for us and for them totally that's great hey, sunshine, i haven't seen you in a long time 
at both Brookwood's Deer Run and uh, Moose River Outpost, like that bonding experience, the potential for that for the cabin and you can facilitate that just by going out for one night or two night if yeah. you're in the older cabins right for uh mm -hmm. brookwoods and deer runs but you take them on the short format experience and you bond this cabin or at least it has the potential to bond a cabin um and that's why it's in the program yeah we know that like some of the kids don't really love it and that they maybe even dread it happening but then we, uh, John and I were talking about this with George. That's what we hear kids talk about at the final campfire when I was on my trip and this happened mm. and here's how I grew out of it. Um, and that's why we do it. Yeah. So much yeah. of our lives is how do I get comfortable and stay there? And it does feel like camp at every turn. It's like forcing you to step out of the safety of just the moment, whatever that is. If it's like, oh, I got to do this big thing with my cabin mates that I've never done or I'm not comfortable doing or I got to be up in front of a group or I got to go on this hike or whatever it is and not only are those the moments that stretch you but it's so cool to see people on the other side of that come through that and just be changed by it yeah and I think it's something that like is a huge responsibility as trip staff because it can go the other way too um it's my responsibility to show people that how important this is, even though it's hard, mm -hmm. it can be good and something you look back on it fondly and realize I can do this. Like I didn't think that I could climb. You show me like 75 sets of stairs and I'm going to say no way, but like, that's what you did climbing that mountain. You can do it mm -hmm. and you can do it again. And so like the fact that you say I've climbed this mountain, then I can do this, this other thing in my life. I can, I can do this because I did that. And so it like you, you step out of your comfort zone in this one way, maybe you can step out in another way in another part of your life. And so it's like, it really is applicable to everything. A big thank you to our guests, George Bowling, Evan Anderson, and Emily Bowder Balcom. Seth, we've heard some good stories today. What do you do for a takeaway here? What are you thinking about? So I think a takeaway is, um, at least as I listen to them talk, and as you and I have talked about this um, kind of along the way, is that every trip has a creative tension in there somewhere. And I think it's important to say that we don't stuff that in on purpose, right? Like when we plan these trips, um, we pick the right trip for the right cabin it's appropriate we feel in challenge level and um the creative tension comes in sometimes in the people dynamic and sometimes in the weather dynamic and sometimes in logistics and if you're evan you get all of that mm -hmm. <laughs> and um but we really do our best to like make sure that the the trips that we do are a good fit for the people doing them and then um, the other one, and you heard George say this earlier, is that this is where learning takes place. And adversity and challenge um, causes us to grow. And the whole point of these things is that we're creating this opportunity for growth, right? It, you have the opportunity um, at least to bond with your group as you're out there or learn something about yourself or to see something in God's creation. Now you have to take notice of those things in order to learn from them along the way. Um, 
but we're on purpose putting that opportunity into the things that we do here at our camps. Yeah. So as you've called out earlier, I've never been on a trip. But what I can say is that uh, I, I do remember campers coming and talking about their trip to me. Like, who cares about, like, they come up to me and just be like, you wouldn't believe what happened. I want to tell you about it. And so I think it's a good idea that you had to do this because it just, it affects everyone. You know, everyone has, has something that they can draw from or remember from these trips. And maybe even these stories bring some recollection to some personal experiences to anyone who listened. Mm. So I have a thought and you can choose to include this or not if you want. Yeah. But at the camp that I grew up going to and, co- and I went to in college and I, I remember my first summer leading trips there, um, I remember getting back from my first trip and I go into the trip office, which was right next to the kitchen. And I'm starting to put away my stuff and the cook comes in and he was like this legend. He had been at camp for ages and ages and ages. And um, he says to me, and I don't, before this, I don't think I'd ever had a real conversation with him. He says to me, Seth, when you're done putting away your gear, come into the kitchen, I wanna hear about your trip. No way. And I think, wow, cool that this guy wants to talk to me. I'm 19 years old, as green as can be and he wants to hear about my trip great so i go in there and we have a chat about the trip and i don't remember honestly anything that was said but what stood out to me was this that he was interested in what had happened on this trip and i think that that debrief i don't think i would have had the takeaways that i did Mm. um, as a young growing learning leader uh, without his interest in it so i really think there's an opportunity for you as uh, senior staff at this camp as these staff roll through and and you might have a chance to bring about this greater learning that we're really trying for um, along the way. You know, I usually make it a point not to do best practices from other cooks as a rule, unless they're named Sue Watney, who I've actually never met before, but secretly she's my hero. But yeah, no, I guess I could totally engage in this powerful ministry tool you just outlined. Sure. (laughs) Food for thought. Yeah, that's good. Well, this concludes our second episode of the Three Camps podcast. Thank you to everyone who listened. A big thank you to our contributors. Seth, great idea to do these memorable trips. Uh, We're glad to have you guys along with us still. Thanks so much. Yeah, if you've made it this far in the episode for a second time, thanks for listening all the way. We hope that you're encouraged and enjoy this. And like John said, feel free to hit that voicemail and um, give us an idea for an upcoming podcast or something. Share a story. We'd love to hear from you. Thanks. Coming up next time on the Three Camps Podcast. Uh, We're like four or five days in and at that point I had been leading trips for about three years two years at another place this was my first year at camp um and I was a woofer a wilderness first responder um so had some medical training but it is really limited and everything was fine um and then we got up one morning and this girl gets out of the tent and she's like hey I think there's something wrong with my smile and I was like, okay, like, what's going on? Like, show me. And she smiles and like half her face is kind of drooped. And I was like, that's not your smile. Like I saw you yesterday. That's not what you looked like. Um, and so we started like 
making breakfast, packing up, and I'm kind of just keeping a close eye on her. And as far as I remember, she felt fine everywhere else, but kind of as we were packing up, it kind of became evident that the whole side of her face wasn't working. I have and to stop you there. I'm, I'm terrified. I'm serious. Like this is ripped. Yeah. Well, as a woofer, you're thinking, does this child that I'm responsible for just have a TIA, right? Yeah. A small time yeah. stroke, right? Yeah. I mean, that's in his woofer mind. That's where you go. Make sure you check back in to hear this unbelievable story. The Three Camps podcast has been produced by Seth Coates and myself. Thank you to George Bowling, Evan Anderson, and Emily Bowder Balcom for weighing in today. The podcast is asking you hit us up on the voicemail. Do something weird. Just tell us what you think. 978 308 2679. No pressure, but yeah, no, totally. You could absolutely send us a voicemail. Thanks so much.